hello, hello, hello. Can everyone hear me all right? This is uh, episode two of the Triforce-tastic... Oh, man. Triforce-tactics <laughs> podcast? That's that's some verbal Triforce dyslexia Tastic. right there. <laughs> the Triforce-tastic. Even more so now that we have uh, our coveted guest, Ramblin, on for the night, if, if he wants to just introduce himself. Not that he hey, needs one, but... I'm Ramblin. You might have figured that out already. I've uh, been playing TFT since it came out. I didn't start taking it too super seriously until last set, but ever since then, I've been pretty much perma-challenger, so... Definitively... Yeah, definitively top two best players that start with Ram. We have both of them here, actually. The top two best players that start mm. with Ram. So, Ooh. yeah, I think Ramblin he holds the title is... for now. <laughs> yeah, Ramblin is, is an absolute goat. So, uh, very happy to have you on. Thank you so much for for making the time. And yeah, well, I guess we'll we'll just jump right into it. Um, so the first thing we want to talk about was. I mean, so Ramblin' it fresh off a of victory at the GSS Finals with Robin. So that is was going to be the first thing that we, we were interested in talking about today. Um, so I guess the uh, the first question we have for you, Ramblin', is just how did you feel going in? Um, like, were you and Robin confident? Or I guess, yeah, just elaborate a little bit if you if you don't mind. Sure. I mean, I was confident we could play well, confident we could do well. I didn't really ever think about us being the best team, whether we are or wasn't. You know, you can, that's for your own opinion to decide. But... As like the tourney went on and on, I started hearing more and more like, "Wow, these guys are the favorites, and they're gonna win it all." Like, I just never really thought about it that way, and that was super cool to have that be a reoccurring thing. So to go all the way from the start to finish, and you know, win both the the initial three weeks and the finals itself, it's like it feels really satisfying to meet those expectations. Yeah, it was, it was like total domination, <laughs> like every front. It was very very impressive uh, from both of you. Um, yeah, I, oh, sorry, I, go ahead. I was just gonna add that, like, uh, I really enjoyed it. I mean, as far as duos tourneys goes, this is the first big one, so I'm looking forward to anything more like this in the future. Yeah, it was super fun. I guess we were all part of it, right? So, um, I, we did have a question on Twitter actually that we we did want to get into, uh, which was just kind of like, is you know, we can all kind of talk about our own experience with the tournament. They were wondering specifically though if uh, this is Rice Master seventy seven on Twitter. Um, they were wondering if we did any sort of like specific prep for the duo attorney, um, aside from solo queue. I know, I know you did Ramblin'. I'll let you get into it though. Uh, and then uh, they also want to know like, did you run scrims, watch more your partners stream, to understand play style, stuff like that. So just like like specific um, preparation and just like mindset going in. So I can start off. Uh, so Rob and I have definitely been playing together probably a lot more than other duos. Maybe that's part of why we were favorited, other than just being like good players ourselves. But I mean, we we played the initial duo tourney together back on uh, set 4.5 PVE, and we won that. So, like, it wasn't anything serious, but mm-hmm. kind of where we got our start together. And just being familiar with your partner as a player and having watched their stream a ton, it makes a massive difference because you know what kind of what kind of play style they have, what kind of comps they prefer, what kind of items they start, what kind of decisions they're going to make in certain situations. So having a good read on each other is just as important as having a good read on the rest of the lobby. Uh, we specifically did some practice against some of the other teams as well but also just playing against viewers for fun it, it's still practice to me even if you're not playing on the quite the same level of players that you're going to see in the tournament you as a duo can still get that synergy going and practice and like there are certain times it's not, it's not like a reoccurring super common thing in the tournament but there are definitely times where you can make actual duo plays whether it's like taking out your your, your super carry to spare them another life or positioning specifically for each other that kind of thing every little bit adds up and i'd like to think it made the difference in the end 
Yeah, and you're. I remember that there's that clip from week one. You guys remember that? The uh, was it was it the first week? The clip of like, was it was it you took out your Riven, I like your Riven three, and like Robin won the round and like lived and like top four because that was something crazy. Yeah, Robin was in a position where he probably wasn't going to beat anybody, and the only hope of him placing any higher was winning, you know, another round. He, he probably wasn't going to live with more HP than anybody else. So we took a chance because I had life's despair, and uh, I took my Riven 3 out, gave him another life. I think Pocky got knocked out that round. Robin was able to get an extra placement out of it. Yeah, that was cool to watch. Yeah. It was like the, the big highlight from week one. I, does it, anyone in particular... Oh, sorry, go ahead. you guys want to go ahead. That's I, all I, can, I mean, I can go on, like... Like, knowing your partner was actually insanely important, I feel like. Like, me and, me and Buzzy, like, didn't... We didn't have to, like, specifically watch each other's streams at all because we had just been playing together in Discord calls for the past, like, six months or so. We just, like... We've been watching each other play. We've been, like, semi-coaching each other. So, like, we... Like we we know each other's playstyles super well, so like we we that 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 really helped us a lot. And like we kind of cooled off the weeks two and three, but like week one especially, we could feel like okay, we just know how the other plays, and we can bounce off each other super well. And we also like just had the trust in each other, I think. And you oh. There were a couple games in week one where, like, I got knocked out and Buzzy was wondering stuff, and I'm just sitting there like, oh, um, and we we talked about this. Like, he asked me, is is three redeemed or four mystic better, or like adding an extra mystic better here? And I was like, add the extra mystic. I did the math. I'm just I'm sitting I'm sitting there in the back, like just do doing the math, adding equations, yada yada. Um, but. Stuff like having that inbuilt synergy with your partner, I feel like really helped a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's definitely nice to, to have built some synergy. Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of prep, I mostly just like so I team with Jack, right? And we sort of just talked a lot about like because so, basically, I think the, the, it was a cycle every week, right? Like. I would be like, Kevin, help. I, I don't know how to play the game anymore. I'd be like, oh, oh no. And we would like, you know, figure out, and then something something would click for Jack. Like, I wouldn't really know what clicked for Jack, but I would usually like watch his games, see what was happening. Um, I think it's kind of difficult. Like, I remember... Like, it's kind of difficult for me to, like, coach or try to, like, have people try to understand what my playstyle is, in a sense. Because I remember I'd be, like, telling, like, I would coach Jack in a, in a game, right? And I'd be like, okay, this would, this is what I would do here. This is what I would do here, right? And, like, it was, like, super different from how, <laughs> how he would make decisions, right? And, like, I think to that end, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, anti-synergistic in the sense that like i i <laughs> in general i don't know if uh jack would be able to know what i would ever do at any point in time um mostly because most people probably wouldn't know what i would do at any <laughs> point in time so you know it's kind of kind say. of difficult but you know say, like does anyone ever know what ramp is doing like yeah as soon as rfc rfc with your came out i mean yeah yeah <laughs> This but, man, like, galaxy brain on a whole, like, different dimension. 
it's it's nice to have like just just the communication right be able to like share your thoughts and be like you know open to talk because like some i think the worst thing that can happen right is like you you're in the duos tourney with your teammate and for some reason you just don't know what your boards look like right that's like the that's like the worst case scenario right so just being able to like easily communicate talk about things and just like share information during the game is like pretty big already right yeah uh, for for GV8 and I at least, so I I like learned TFT by watching GV8, right? Because I started in, like set three, um, and so he was like one of the the big. I mean, he's still one of the big people, obviously, but I'd watch his stream all the time to learn how to play. So I knew how he played more or less. I think he's and he's been around the stream a decent amount. He knew how I played, um, but we I feel like teamwork wise, most of that energy went to the the. I don't know if you know Stramblin. So most of my <laughs> my tournament experience was uh a, basically a crash course on cryptocurrency from gv8 like in the middle of the tournament <laughs> he was teaching me about nfts about like it, just like all the logistics behind cryptocurrency and everything. It, it was the tournament was not very tft focused for us i would say um but i think the fact that we were both kind of just like taking it easy more or less you know like we were we were very on the same wavelength i would say uh did us wonders like like i think the thing that the most synergistic part about GV8 and I at least was that um, we were very on the same page about like the value the tournament had to us and like uh, how, you know, um, not how sweaty I guess you're willing to get, but like how okay we were, we were with like potential low rolls or like losing off of that stuff. So we weren't, we, there's no pressure really, I think, which is the biggest thing that we had going in. Because um, we were both just there to have fun and it worked out because I, I mean, I had fun and I also learned a lot about cryptocurrency. So. <laughs> <laughs> i think that's just as important to have a similar mindset i mean mm -hmm. it's definitely a mental game in the end so if you guys are able to stay level-headed and bounce back from those bad games i mean it really helps to have somebody else there to support you too yeah for sure i mean like uh like not like yelling at your teammate not i don't think i don't anyone in the tournament yell at their teammate at any point for like nah. losing or anything right um this is not a very toxic community in general but uh i think having a teammate that's like supportive of no matter what happens in your game it is really important just because it keeps a good mental for both of you and like it really needs to i think a duo turning in particular needs to be something that's like not necessarily fun first but like fun and like making each other comfortable it needs to be a, a very high priority for sure that's that's actually so true like in in week and in, in week one actually pretty much every week like i wasn't playing my best but and i'm telling buzzy about this like sorry i'm not really playing that well and he's just like dude it's chill like don't don't worry about it it's 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 fine and like that that helped me feel a little better just like like confidence wise and also just like buzzy doesn't care that i'm dragging him down a little bit because like i'm contributing in other ways so it's the like the positive team environment also like big big contributing factor and it's just with how well like how well the entire community gets along like there if there was any reason for people to like get toxic at each other and if that actually happened that'd be kind of a shock it'd be, dra it'd be, it'd be too weird, drama you know there's no tft drama exactly we should have a duos tournament and just put thray and salvi on the same team <laughs> <laughs> make like oh, the most anti-synergetic teams possible <laughs> see i, don't I feel like any any drama that comes out would probably come from eu 
Like, yeah, do, doing it, if we, if we had a duos tourney of, like, just EU people and, like, pairing them up, we could find, like, a pretty, some pretty toxic combinations. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Don't let any of the EU people hear that. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't think of anyone in NA, though, that, like, if you pair, like, think of, like, the top players in NA, like, the, the, you know, like, tournament players, whatever, that are out there. Like, can you think of anyone, like, paired up with anyone else that would be, like, like, a toxic duo? I feel like I can't. No. Nah. Can we even think of one person who's, like, actively toxic in NA? Me. <laughs> okay, besides Ramkev. <laughs> I... I don't think there is anyone, honestly. I mean, I feel like after you get, like, into... Well, I feel like, like Challenger-ish and up, like, people just, like... That's when a lot of, like, the league players start to get filtered out. <laughs> <laughs> people just end up being good people at the top so i feel like know. the closest we have is like soju but like that's not that's his it, he just trash talks tournaments just, yeah, and it's not even toxic like he yeah. does not it's mean in, it it's in good fun friends. and he's memeing and he gets shit on and then immediately is immediately gets memed on afterwards and it's just like oh okay that's <laughs> like that's the closest thing and even that's like a whole meme which shows you like mm -hmm. In some sense, how like wholesome? Well, the whole wholesome as in like not toxic mainly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean wholesome, but we. Yeah, I was having this on stream earlier, but yeah, wholesome. But we also have comp names like Bang Bros and Pink. I mean, it's a meme culture. Meme culture. You gotta. You gotta. <laughs> some of the adult yeah. stuff is gonna spill in there, you know. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't we think were, I think... any. Any community that has Esha in it can't be called wholesome. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think we just don't have toxic people. I mean, it's just like people maybe like can be kind of toxic to their friends. Like you know, Soju being kind of toxic to his friends every now and then. But like that, that's you know, it's a, it's like, it's like punching your friend in the arm. You know, it's not really the. It's not like you're. you're it really is. Being it is kind of. It's. It's kind of like funny like not not funny haha but like you know you'll be in the soju stream and he'll be he'll be in a duo with like milk they'll queue up together and then milk will go aid he'll be, you know the milk voice when he gets like <laughs> he's like oh i would aid oh okay. <laughs> yeah uh i don't know I, i'm glad that the, i feel like a duo's turning is a good way to like put on I feel like Duo Tourney and TFT works a lot better than a lot of other games. Just because, like, everyone is so nice. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, since it's not primarily team-focused, it's sort of like, you know, it's like a breath of fresh air. I think, like, you know, the thing with, you know, if you have to play team games, right, like, something like League of Legends or something like that, sometimes, like, in a professional environment, you're kind of forced onto a team with, like, a bunch of strangers, right? You don't really know how to, like, communicate. People have their own internal issues. But, like, with TFT, you know... You get to you get to choose your friends. You get to <laughs> you get to pick your friends. You, and pick, like, their you noses. Get to pick your friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, have you heard some of the comms that come out of LCS? It can get toxic. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, <laughs> Dardock. <laughs> uh, Ramblin oh, oh. also. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Drachi. No, you go for it. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. Um, so we were talking last week about like the teams, like the duo tourney like format. I was wondering, Ramblin, if you like would. Wait, would you think you'd change anything about like the the format if if possible? Because we were saying it's it's kind of like the format. At least our crank conversation kind of led to last week about the format being rather than like rewarding team plays most of the time, it 
like, like team plays were less about like rewarding working together and more like rewarding working not against each other which i don't know how you feel about that but i feel like it we're just kind of restricted by the what tft is right now we're they're making the best of what what we have and that's it's ultimately going to be a free-for-all mode and sometimes i mean that's like you said part of it is is making sure you don't hurt each other just as much as it is as you help each other so in yeah. terms of what they can do as a format for attorney i think they did just about as good as they could have i mm -hmm. really liked having uh a bonus you know prize for winning a game that gives you a lot more incentive to play your best even if you're not in contention or if you're already locked either way that's one mm -hmm. thing that's been missing in other tournaments is like a lot of times somebody will get a big lead and then they don't have to take it seriously or you'll be just so far behind that there's no chance so they're gonna just throw the game anyway it's like it really helps to have that incentive all the way through the tourney yeah super agree yeah i think um Ramke was talking about like a, a dota mode that's like a, a team mode that seemed really cool where like you share gold and like items you can like share items and stuff i think as well but uh for, yeah for now it's for like what we have available to us um yeah i think it was a really good format I mean, I've been happy to see any kind of duo mode at this point. It doesn't have to be anything about sharing or, like, nothing complicated. I literally would just be happy with a, a game mode where you don't match each other and you just, mm -hmm. you know, pair the yeah. team, add your points together, that kind of thing. Yeah. Really I, cool. I think that would be a big step forward for TFT that's lacking in that social aspect right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been duo queuing lately on ladder. Like, like, like Soju, for example, has been duo queuing a lot. Like, other streamers have also been been duo queuing a lot. Like, like not duo queuing, right? Because, like, they just queue at the same time. Each like, other. Yeah, like exactly. Each other. I mean, there's some few people in the pool that you're pretty much guaranteed to match each other if you just yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Which, I mean, it, it looks like it's super fun. Like, it's, obviously, they're not, they're not, like, win trading or anything, right? They're just, like, they're, they're, whoever it is, they're, they're both trying their best most of the time. And then, uh, it's just it's just fun to be able to like talk to someone in the same game as you as well, even if you're not exactly. working together. Um, so there's like yeah, I think TFT does become kind of a lonely game sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, if we're if we're ready to move on from duos though, um, I guess we we can talk a little oh, more we, about it. We have on the doc, so uh, I can I can we can have scramble in this first. What what was your biggest? What were you most surprised by? In the duos tourney like who like a duo you were were sure was going to move on the finals and then didn't or like the other way around or just anything just anything surprising honestly when it comes to t nothing is tft nothing is surprised with some much variance <laughs> there is but you still have certain expectations for teams and players as to how they're going to perform based on the past i mean most obvious one that would stand out would be nubel and dqa they're obviously both very good players but that just wasn't their tournament so to not see them come very close to the finals, that's got to be somewhat of a surprise. And then on the other side, uh, there's, there's some players that really impressed me. Uh, Bird, of course, we already know is very good, but he was very consistent all the way through. He popped off mm. in the finals, got the top overall score. But also somebody like Raiditz, who is a very good player. You've seen him do really well on ladder, but I've never really seen him. I've never even seen him play in a tournament before. So for him to score the highest through the first three weeks... He popped uh, off. ...is really, really <laughs> impressive. We know he popped off. Off so hard. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say H HGW performing as well as he did and get helping. He basically carried Bert to finals where Bert That's like true. ended up popping off. Yeah, but like and like no ego, no flame. Who is HGW? Never. No, <laughs> this is high school friend. Yeah, anyone heard heard of this guy? <laughs> and he just pops pops off like outscores Bert, carries him to finals, and. Then like Bert takes it from there, but like that that was the biggest shock to me. 
Yeah, there was a few players like that where you, you know they were chosen just because they're their friend, but then they end up playing really well against some of the other good players. Pressman was another one that I, I'm not familiar with him at all, but just from playing yeah. against him and seeing his games, he did really well. Mm-hmm. I think it speaks to that, like, you know, we were talking about really, like, the, the synergy between players is really important and, like, you know, feeling comfortable with them and stuff like that. I think it really speaks to that, being, like, such an important part of a duo's tourney, right? Because, like, you know, I think a lot of the skill there can kind of be, like, a lot of decision-making can, can kind of be made up by, like, your partner helping you out if you're, like, you know, not quite as um up to speed with things but being like the two of you fostering an atmosphere that's so comfortable for each other is going to do wonders for you which i think those two teams in particular were like super super good examples of i just I just a couple of bros hanging yeah. out each, each playing team. with the homies yeah right exactly with the the homies. Time. yeah it wasn't anything super serious so to see like a lot of like i think everybody enjoyed it which is the most important thing yeah. even the teams that didn't place amazing they still had a good time the entire way through so I think it, it was a success on all fronts. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was most it was really of the teams were just homies. It was like whoever qualified was like, "Hey, I'm just gonna pick a friend because I want to have fun. I want to enjoy this." So it felt it really felt like most of the teams were like that, and I guess part of that made it a little more competitive because like people when people enjoy playing with each other, they just kind of play better. So they'll. Like, the level of competition, even, like, though, like, not every name was, like, this big tournament name. Like, I'm playing these lobbies, and it's, like, it feels like a tournament lobby. Like, it feels super stacked, even if, like, the names don't necessarily scream super stacked. Just the, le the level of play got raised probably way higher than you. it should. It looked like it should have been at face value just looking at the players because everyone was just homies enjoying playing with each other. When you're yeah. pulling together both individual players' strengths, it's like the, the, the total cumulative effect is, is that much higher. So it's like when you're playing together, both of your play is elevated. So like the overall, it's going to be really, really tough. Yeah, it's super multiplicative rather than like additive there. You know, mm -hmm. like the big anime power up, but you know, fighting for your friends kind of thing. So yeah, it feels good. It feels really good to play into a screen. I hope they do some more. That was uh, that was really a great experience. Yeah, for something that wasn't planned from the beginning, it was, I think, awesome just i don't know how long they had even considered it but they ended up delivering for sure yeah it was also really cool just have like a tournament to rally around for everyone like well there's this big wall right between like uh like mid-set and, and finals and, and regionals and stuff there's like this this big tournament that the community could just kind of like enjoy watching enjoy participating in etc etc so and then the ball street thing was cool as hell too for for anyone watching um, oh yeah stonks, stonks. <laughs> I and actually yeah i think it was like having a tourney that wasn't just like feeding into worlds like part of the whole world cycle like okay we had like dawn night dawnbringer nightbringer midset like all kind of back to back but like having having gss kind of like in the middle just like just as a tourney like wild concept just to have a tourney to have a tourney <laughs> like there's right absolutely not nothing wrong with that honestly like we i feel like we really should just have more of those and like and have them be like on that kind of scale not like the scale of regionals or worlds because like if we have that all the time we're just gonna get burnt out of like giant tourneys but like have, having that kind of like regular thing and also having it having it spread out over four weeks was actually really nice because helped reduce some of the variants because like i mean <laughs> tft like rng game there's a ton of variants in there if we just play like one week and then that's the tourney like it can get kind of sketched but over over the three weeks and then finals, it really it helped showcase like 
what happens when you put this game over a good long stretch of time. Like, the people who played well more or less, like, got the finals. And then, for, and then from there, it's just, okay, well, then Ramblin' and Robin popped the fuck off in finals, <laughs> and they won the whole thing. So, but, like, and we had, we had, like, all this hype and, like, all this, like, kind of marketing stuff around it. And it's just the tourney. Like, it didn't go into Worlds at all. Like, this just... This existed as its own thing, and we don't need Attorney to, like, go directly into Worlds for it to deserve, like, all that hype around it. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I think, like, especially because, you know, again, there's that big lull. and Like, in a lot of, like, mid-sets, like, there's a big lull between, like, the beginning of the mid-set and, like, the start to Worlds. Or, like, competitive TFT just feels like it's kind of, like, sleeping. You know, everything's just kind of, like, nothing's really going on. And for there to be a tournament, especially like it being spread out over that entire amount of time, that four weeks, felt really, really good for that reason too, right? Because there's just there's constantly something for people to look forward to in terms of competitive TFT, um, like players and and spectators, right? Because it's, it's it's fun as hell to watch a duo's tourney. It's so fun to watch a duo's tourney. Um, so it's great for spectators. It's great for players just have something to do as well. So I mean, it's just all around. It was a huge dub, and I hope they they keep up with that. So even just having uh. The lobby split up into two different days it was really cool as a competitor because I got to watch one of the days. I didn't miss out on all of the games, so I felt like I was even participating as a viewer all the same. Yeah, right? Yeah, it was such a cool experience. It was such such a cool experience. Um, I think they really blew it out of the park with that, so. Oh, so yeah, I mean... GS, Gaia Slayer does a, does a great job, I think. They're really pushing. I think they're, I mean, they are the tournament scene, right? They yeah, they really are the tournament scene. <laughs> we owe them a lot. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was very happy with how the whole thing went, so. All right, well, I mean, I guess the, uh, the you know, the, what is the saying? The elephant in the room? I want to say dinosaur in the room. I don't know, like, there's not a T-Rex in the corner. It could be um, a dinosaur. It could be a dinosaur. Okay. Uh, approach the bronchiosaurus in the, in the room. Uh, regionals. What do we think? Who's, I mean, I guess before we get into who's going to do well, maybe, I guess just general thoughts about maybe like the format of the tournament, the amount of, like just, just thoughts on the tournament, the amount of players in it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, anyone who feel free to start. I think it is unlikely I will qualify consider I am not participating. <laughs> I don't I like don't, my odds. I... Is highly unlikely three quarters of this call does not qualify for worlds. <laughs> very, very highly likely. Like ninety nine point nine nine nine. The T Rex in the corner of the room. Oh, excuse me, the Brachiosaurus in the corner of the room also agrees that uh, maybe Spicy Happy's Joshi Ramble will not be qualifying for worlds, but <laughs> or will they? <laughs> then we have Mr. Kevin Rawman in the corner here. Who? Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Ram Kev? Uh, I don't know. It feels so much smaller. So, like, you know, the first regionals was, you know, 36 different players over the course of, like, two weeks, four days, right? And was it 36 or was it 24? I think it was uh, 32. 32. 32. 32. Yeah. 32. No. <laughs> you almost said <laughs> wrong. I got my back wrong. 32. 36 is just a nicer number. But, yeah, 32 players. Um, So, like, it is kind of weird. And I think this is partially because of, the fact that they were planning on having the event in China, right? Right, that was their grand plan. That's why, like, the number of Worlds participants, I assume that's a big reason why, you know, last year, or last set it was, what, 24 people, and now it's 16? 
and so like the regionals got smaller as well uh, it feels kind of like you know i i personally have had some gripes with the fact that like you know almost 90 percent of the players that have qualified for this this event are kind of like based off of set five results instead of set 5.5 which is the set that we're going to be playing on and the set that world is going to be on but you know that's the logistical thing when they sort of it just feels kind of bad right because it turns out it's not going to be in person it's not going to be in china so they wouldn't have had these logistical issues so like they could have even have expanded the pool honestly right if we knew it was going to be online and we knew everybody would be playing online like you know there could have been even been more people right there could have been more opportunities but i guess that's just that's how the cookie crumbles um but you know it is what it is you know two days 16 players and it does seem like it's sort of downscale in a way right it definitely feels strange coming off a month-long tourney going into a two-day tourney over one weekend where it's like yeah and i understand it's less players and everything compared to last last set but you would still like to see that I don't know. I'd like to see more mix-up of the lobbies because there's four players you're never going to play against because they're yeah. not going to qualify for the day two. So you don't yeah. even get to see all the competition. Yeah. And it's weird because this, this is a tourney with like much higher stakes than the four-week tourney we had. <laughs> but it's... Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I was going to... Like, obviously it's not anyone's fault that like Worlds had to get moved online like... We obviously got it got planned to be in person when like COVID looked like it was getting better and then COVID just got worse because this country is full of idiots and I'm not going to go too much into that because <laughs> I don't want to start a people riot. Um, so like all that aside, like, okay, like we're on, they were planning on it being in person, had to like get stuff done earlier, but, and we were ranting about this in Appy's chat earlier of like, the why, like, why is the, field for regional so small yes i get we're going towards we're we're only going to like all this is building up for three slots for worlds which is one less than last year but like why does that mean it's less people in the tournament competing for that like that and if it was 32 people in regionals like the 16 right now feel like yeah it's all like elite players but like it is missing it's missing people like it's missing ramble like the most notable is in in the call with us as the guest yeah. probably like rambling rambling not being at regional i'm just saying it that's it's like mind blowing it's fucking criminal yeah, that rambling's not at regionals but like if they had like an expanded expanded to like 32 then like rambling's probably at regionals and at that point like it's all the qualifying for regionals mostly came off of set five, but if you expand how many slots are in regionals itself, you don't have to be like elite in set five and set 5.5. You only have to be like good enough to hit regional, just to hit regionals, like hit that baseline. And then from there, if like you get a ton better in set 5.5 and qualify just off the tourney there, then like you're, you put in enough work just to get to the, the direct step to worlds almost if that makes sense if yeah, like, like tft it's yeah. like any in any given day anybody can pop off so to have such a restricted field of players when i think there's not, not even myself included there's another probably 10 12 players that could totally qualify to worlds and they're not getting to participate it feels like we're not representing our region to, to its fullest yeah. yeah i totally agree 
I'm just going to say expanded format. This entire call should be in regionals. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. Agree. It's, it's, I mean, hopefully next set, you know, again, it, it was like, I guess I yeah, with the wanting to go do worlds in, in China in person and stuff. I can see, I guess some of the thought process behind them trying to reduce it, but it does feel like it's, uh, it's step in the wrong direction for competitive TFT in general, I would say, um, like reducing the field. And then was regionals last set over two weekends. Am I crazy? Yeah, four days, two weekends. Okay, yeah. Um, it was also more players, but like I feel like it's almost like we're taking a step back. Like the GSS turn was a huge step forward, I think, for for competitive TFT. Um, like as a spectator sport and everything, right? But uh, regionals then, in comparison, it feels like you were. It's like GSS is two steps forward. Regionals is like one step back now. So it's like we got to find a balance somewhere. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of players who who really like played their hearts out this set. Um, that are not going to be. I mean, again, three of us in this call played our hearts out this set. Uh, they're not going to be able to be at regionals because um, you know we were a little bit shy in, in certain situations. Um, and I think, I mean, there are a lot of people who could represent uh, in North America very, very well uh, at Worlds and just at regionals. Kind of like, like even like, I, I want to just like show you know people who watch our regionals like how many good players we have, like how many awesome fucking players we have. And we're just, we're showing them 16 people, which are, again, 16 amazing players, but, um, like, we have so, we have so much more to offer on top of those players as well, so. It definitely feels like it's clashing with the change to our ladder, where we now have 250 challenger spots, but our regional spots yeah. went down. That seems a little backwards. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and as always, oh, sorry, go ahead. It definitely, it really throws out people who are like now really popping off in set 5.5. Like, and I'm just like, just looking at ladder, like people who aren't in regionals who like did, did like, they were good players. They've been good players. They did well in set five and they're just crushing 5.5. Just like looking at ladder, like Renzer, Beppo, uh, Cottontail has been smurfing ladder again. Like these are like these, these guys just like, they've. They were good in set five, and now they're crushing set five point five. But because there's no qualification for regionals off of five point five, and the set five qualification was you had to be just the best. Like there's no slots for any of these people, and yeah. there's just there's no longer a path for them to even have a shot at worlds. And are th are these people who are guaranteed a world slot? Absolutely not. Like ninety us. Like, maybe half of, in the expanded field, maybe half of the tourney would have a realistic shot at actually having those world slots. But not having all these, not giving all these people, like, the chance to just go for it and see, and that, that chance at, like, oh, this is my day. This is my day I'm going to really pop off, and this is the day I'm going to get my world slot. Like, not even having that chance feels really weird. Not even yeah, having participated like, in myself, but going back to uh, last set where there was a, an open qualifier into regionals like i think that's really cool that people yeah. have that chance to make it in that might not have had a chance to participate in the set up mm -hmm. to that point but if you're playing really well at that time and that you do well enough in that one specific tournament i think you should get a shot why not i, I literally think... won that tournament to exactly. get to regionals yeah there you go. <laughs> like I, w <laughs> I wouldn't have been at regionals if it wasn't for that tournament i, w I wouldn't be on this podcast because like it started with me like getting to regionals and like doing pretty well there also also dqa i if i'm leaving dqa off that list would feel garbage of like people who should be at regionals who have been popping off this set oh, yeah. but like um 
like having having and I guess like the argument has been that Dawnbringer and Nightbringer Cup were the open qualifiers. And the other argument was that set five point five snapshots was basically just that uh, it's a giant open qualifier. But, but like it's so it was so ladder, stressful for everyone. Ladder is just not it. Like one week treating of ladder. ladder as a yeah. tournament. Yeah, feels really one week weird. of ladder. Yeah. One like week. finding out that we <laughs> only had one up. week. It's like it was not because I. I you know, I I think there's like a fifty percent chance that I wouldn't even be in regionals, right? It's like one bad day and you're just done, right? I, I took a day off in the middle of that week because I think I hit like hit rank one, like, right? Mm -hmm. I, I like took a, a night and like a morning off to went to the Smash tournament and like chill with uh, with Miss Appies. All of a sudden, I just I like the meta progressed a little bit. I knew what was going on and I just I couldn't keep up anymore. It was. It was... <laughs> yeah. Kudos to Ram Kevin Soji, but they both played fifty more games than me in a week. I just can't keep up with that. That's just oh, too yeah. much for me to I play. Had, in uh, six hours of sleep every day. Yeah, it's just it, it's so unhealthy. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> I have to like make that the format. It's it's tourneys. <laughs> tourneys already require a lot of endurance. Like playing playing six games straight at your top at like your top level while having these like breaks in the middle that like you can't control when you want to just go go go. Like it's hard. Now take that. And make it the entire day for a whole week, every single day. Like yep. it's so draining. Like we we were we were like watch partying Raidits, Raidits a stream, and like it was I th like Kevin was in there and it was like us and then like Bryce Frodan more and we were commenting like Ray is drained. Like mm -hmm. you can't see it, but like the stream ticker said like he's on hour 22 or something we're watching how he's playing and we're like this man is dead yeah. like he's yeah. so tired like this is not healthy you should not be playing but like he kind of just feels a need to and if like treating ladder as a giant open tournament it's not the way to for do. one week it that that's not it no, like no, 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 i'm no. It's just it not, there not were so it. many people who just were like I mean, I, and I was one of, I was like, I feel like my whole, like, rhythm, my, everything, my health is all fucked up for, like, like, two weeks after. Because, like, every, like, how sweaty that one week was. It was awful. To play so many games, it is. It kind of kills the release of the set in the sense that, like, you're yeah. going to burn out, uh, guaranteed, yeah. if you have played that much. And it, like, kind of spoils it for me. Because I really do like this set. I was looking forward to having, after having played it on PvE. But knowing that I was going to have to grind to have a chance, it's like, I wanted to take my own pace and I couldn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It also kind of, like, for me personally, like, it kind of killed... Once I realized it was just one week, and knowing, like, historically, I'm not always the greatest at picking up new sets, like, it kind of killed my chance of, hitting, like, getting that slot. I was like, I'm not... A, I'm not, I'm not going to pick up the set fast enough to get that good that quickly. B, the absurd number of hours I'd have to grind, I would just... I would not be in good shape at the end of it. So I was just like... And for it was a little bit like I have to just accept I'm not going to regionals after mid set. I think it was around like a little before mid set when I realized it was a one week snapshot, and I was just like, okay, it's either I get in through mid set or I'm just not in at all, and I have to just figure out what to do besides that. Yeah, it's super punish players that don't just like like to slam games at the end of a set, right? Like Ramblin is a is a player who is always like by the end of a set, Ramblin's always like top five, top ten, right? Um, but he, he works way up there at his own pace, and he gets there, and he's always one of the best players in the set. But, like, forcing a player like Ramblin to have to just slam hundreds of games at the beginning of a set, is, like, that's just a terrible way to play it. 
I think a terrible, terrible way to play the to play the the the, the qualifier. And to some extent, like, then it becomes not a surprise that Soju qualified through that, because, like, Soju is, like, early set king in the server. Like, is he going to be rank one by the end of the set? Probably not. But, like, beginning of the set, he's always rank one. He always learns the game absurdly quickly. So, like, it it favor it favor, really does favor people like Soju. But, like, Soju's also, like, historically not good at tourneys, <laughs> um, to put it lightly. So... And, like, you know, he, he, for the format that, like, we had, he deserves a spot. Clearly, he got the spot. Like, ev everyone who has a spot at regionals deserves the spot. Like, I will stand by that. All 16 players should be there. But, like, the qualification pro process, A, like, a little, little bit weird. B, also, just regionals is so restricted. So, yeah. I mean, I think they're going to. I, there, there really has to be some kind of revamp, I think, in terms of how regionals... Like, I personally have had my gripes with, like, the lighter point system and snapshots, mostly because I, like, up until recently, I have not cared at all about ladder. I, I personally think it's not a good overall measure of skill. Um, I think it's a good baseline, but I don't think it's, like the end-all be-all i don't think it's anywhere close to that and i really think that you know it is hard right to come up with a new system and think about what could potentially work but i personally am of the opinion that the latter like the snapshot system kind of has has to have a big revamp yeah yeah i agree i mean I think one of the biggest issues with it is that like you'll be in challenge and get like a, a lobby with like seven masters players <laughs> But mm -hmm. you you gain LP for that obviously if you win you lose a lot of if you lose but like so if you gain LP like that then it's like I feel like if there was a better matching system where like you know you're in a lobby of people that are consistently around your your skill level at least according to ladder points right then like you get a more at least like it's a better format it's like a better baseline yeah I mean like probably. if you take somebody that's like thirteen hundred LP right and you match them against somebody who's like I don't know three hundred LP masters right that's a uh... That's like the same difference between like, you know, masters and gold, basically, right? One, two, slightly bit more, like gold one. Or if if I'm yeah. masters zero, right? You go all the way down to gold one. That's like the same kind of matchmaking, right? It, but like that's that's sort of how it goes, right? At the top of the ladder, that it ends it ends up looking like that. Yeah, and also like. I dread the seven purple lobbies, <laughs> like espe especially when I'm like, like one K plus. Like I hit a seven purple lobby, I'm like, okay, I need to hard play for top four and just get the fuck out of this lobby. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also like the and like masters players almost like just don't punish each other. It's like you're playing so hard for top four in those lobbies because they don't punish each other. Someone is going to hit some omega cap bullshit. Like, I swear to God, 90% of the three-star forecasts I see are in purple lobbies because they just had the point, they got to a point where, like, they were able to build up so much eco that they they could hit they could hit that three-star forecast. So, and at that point, it's like, well, I'm not playing for first. Um, I just have to play for top four. And also, because playing for first, like, it involves some degree of risk, like... If I if I play for first and I miss and I go fifth, I'm losing twenty, sometimes thirty for that fifth. 
So it's the risk reward of playing for first just does not work out in Masters lobbies at all. But in tourney, sometimes you just have to play for first. And at in like a full challenger lobby, sometimes you're just like, I can go for this first because the risk reward is worth it for playing first or fifth. But the EV is just not there in a purple lobby. So it changes how you play. And it's... And I guess like if like ladder becomes like oh how how flexible are you like how flexible are you in your play style it, like kind of it's okay test of skill but like i feel like the test of skill what with the best measure of skill isn't how good you are against players who are like worse than you or like how consistent you can be there it's how good are you against players who are equal or higher skill level and that's like where tourneys and like the top of ladder shines in that way. Like when you hit like an eight challenger lobby and it's like a bunch of like big names in there. Like, okay, this is going to be a good lobby. This is going to be like a good test. But then that doesn't happen every game. Matchmaking just doesn't work out like that. Yeah, I mean, I think the consistency is like definitely part of being a TFT, right? Like, like being able to consistently top forms like that. But it's definitely not the, it's not even close to the end all be all. Like, I think there's a lot more to understand about like a skill level from a lobby that's all players with, like a similar skill there's also i mean that i mean i think various variants also ends up playing a little more of a part in that kind of lobby um not not necessarily more of a part but like um maybe it's more obvious in that kind of lobby like for the players in the lobby um i think instancy is a big thing for dot and again, i don't know if i'm saying that like, like i don't know it's just some of the matchmaking feels really weird <laughs> like i mean i it's not like i can't go eighth in like a master's lobby right like master's players are still really good players probably one percent of players right they're still really good um it's i mean i, I literally went eighth in a master's lobby today and i was like 90 lp oh my god <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't hit Velcaws too went hard eight not on, like, like a soft dish eight it was an uh... eight, either way but like i mean it's like yeah i i probably didn't play the game perfectly um I could have played better and I could have done something to play for, for not eighth. But like at that point, it's, I don't know. It's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm maybe I'm just salty. <laughs> I lost 90 LP from one lobby today. <laughs> yeah. Me, the, all, the classic Jose losing a hundred for a seventh. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, that's yeah. just, oh, like, I mean, that's the outlier, but like the fact that can happen is nuts. <laughs> Do you have any any particular thoughts about this rambling? I don't know. I just don't care about ladder anymore. I hit my rank That's one. Fair. I haven't cared yeah, since. Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm trying like, to get my rank one. When people come in the up. chat and they're like asking me how to climb, how do I, how do I get to this rank? Like, I just tell you it doesn't matter. Just focus on getting better, and you'll be satisfied in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I totally agree with that. I've I've found that I, I like mentally I feel like I've pivoted to content creator lately, and I feel so much better about about everything. So I think the less you seriously take ladder, the more the more fun it is. So. My favorite is when someone comes in my chat is like, oh, what's the best comp for me to one trick right now to climb? And I'm just like, uh, the best one, the best comp for you to one trick is get better at the game. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what else to say. <laughs> I've been telling people that ever since I started my stream is I refuse to answer questions like that. I just I not always... ever just get good. <laughs> yeah, people are always like, like, what do I like? I'm like trying to I just started the game. Like, what am I supposed to force every game to like? get to like whatever rank and i'm like just force like don't, don't force anything just you know if you so this is how i got better at the game when i first started was i i didn't watch like any guides or i like, watched streams a little bit but i literally just played random shit every game i just got used to all the units and that's that's the way to get better i always say just like 
like don't pay attention to comps at all just like learn your fundamentals and play play for fun and also play for like you know just just play what you hit play like like experiment and that's how you're gonna get better you're not gonna get better by playing i mean by playing like like spirit zed every game for 200 games Ooh, spirit zed <laughs> oh god no, no. one of the older one of the newer <laughs> variants of zed <laughs> Certainly I think, not I think, shades it. I think it's the experience we go through when we play on PvE, and I think a lot of new players skip that experience. It's just just figuring it out things out for yourself. Like I know yeah. it's not very mm -hmm. easy, but what happens is a lot of people skip straight to the I want to gain LP part, and they don't even learn half the game, and it just ends up and that, that comp ends up getting nerfed, and they're like, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. What, what do I play? I, my my <laughs> comp is gone. I never I never learned how to play this game. That's I, honestly been me a lot. Like I, like I learned, I really learned the game and set four through Warwick, Warwick 2.0. But like, although like one tricking still like it has, like there there's valid reasons too. Like, and sometimes like learning the game through the lens of like through through the lens of your comp, like it can kind of warp how things go. But like when you learn like okay, these are all these trees that like le that lead up to this comp I'm trying to play um here like learning learning all the matchups for the comp like act like really sweating a comp when you're a one trick on it actually can help you learn the game quite a bit because you learn you learn like what everything else does what all like all these interactions that happen in the game it just happens to be in relation to your one comp but a lot like a lot of one tricks have ended up just like once their comp gets nerfed they're fine they either like it either the direction of they're just going to continue playing the comp and just crush a ladder with it anyway or they're gonna like they're gonna pivot to something else or they're, they'll pivot into playing a few comps but at that point like they've learned the game they've paid attention to how fights go they're not just like buying seven units every game and that's the only units they buy or and pay attention to like they're still they're still learning the game but go like cycling back i hate rec being like this is the specific comp you should play it's like just Find something that fits your playstyle that like you're good at, and then, and like l learn the game, learn the game, pay attention to everything else that's happening. And sometimes like, and most of the time, even if you're a quote unquote one trick, you're not 2020. Like a lot of times, I'll be like, oh, I'm like one tricking this comp, and then in my dull chest, it's like, oh, I'm like 13 out of 20 because there's seven games in there that I'm just playing other stuff because like I've learned the game. I can play other, I can play other shit. It's just most of the time I'm choosing this one comp. But there's there's validity to like learning the game mm -hmm. through a particular lens, but like it is easy to just get stuck in that one lens and not like only tunnel on learning your comp and not learning the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. That, I'll tell you, you'll learn a hell of a lot more by, like, playing around with units and then figuring out why, like, three, like, six Blade Master, Blade Master, Master Yi is really broken on your own than reading a guide and having it tell you. Like, you'll learn a lot more, like, figuring yeah. that on your own than you will, like, with the game, about, like, fundamentals, about the units, everything. You'll learn so much more by, okay, you'll learn so much more by saying, like, playing, you know, three Blade Master, Master, like, three Blade Master, two Blaster, like, you know, like, like two brawler master Yi, and then saying oh maybe that's not very good and then you know kind of working your way into figuring out how do i make this unit work like what makes it work what makes it break what makes it you know um you'll learn so much more by just like experimenting on your own and like figuring out units i think one of the biggest things with tft right that people don't realize is that um a lot of like i guess the the flexibility it's a buzzword and i hate to use it but like the flexibility of the game and like the um like the skill cap of the game is kind of in, like 
tied to how well you can play around like individual units like how well you how will you understand individual units and like their strengths on a board because that's where like strongest board comes from right uh is like understanding like you know this random nidalee is probably stronger on this board for like x reason y reason and z reason compared to this like random rakan like, stuff like that is like where you think you start to like see the skill ceiling in, in tft like really get up there uh, and a lot of that just comes from like un like playing around units like understanding them understanding their interactions with other units there's like so much depth to unit interaction and just like the individuality of units as well uh, in tft so yeah i swear yeah. to god i learned how lucian worked in the first week one tricking calves because i was <laughs> the lucian i would have like my backline clumped together and the lucian on the same side would just always mow down the backline i'm like huh that's how lucian works how do i work around this and like i wasn't playing lucian and like learning how to like learning how to like finesse his alt and like figure out exactly like all these details of how his alt works i was learning all that because i was playing against it so much and that goes back to like okay le learning the game through the lens of your comp like i'm figuring out the set through calves but like i'm like my thing i pay so much attention to how the fights work out anyway that like i was i was i was sweating everything and pe people would go on about how like Cavs is brain dead, like oh you turn brain off, press D, and I'm just sitting here thinking I'm sweating every single unit's positioning. I'm paying a ton of attention to other people's boards and like all these all these like micro interactions that like I'm I'm learning the game in that way. So yeah, uh, real quick, maybe so that we stay on schedule, maybe uh, <laughs> we kind of move kind of far off from regional talk. Uh, do we want to talk about any predictions or anything like that? uh yeah I guess we... I th we have in here like okay all all four of us predict who's gonna go to worlds the three people and who wins it i think so... bird's winning really i think bird's winning bird's bird's okay. been so cracked lately <laughs> bird's been so cracked lately he's been so good actually he he's he's been he's been actually smurfing like every he's been smurfing everything he's been he's been smurfing ladder he's he smurfed on finals in gss like and, and uh, tourney burt is tourney burt's just a whole different animal <laughs> yeah i feel like like if i was to say i think i my i think i guess this is what i'd like to see as well but also like who i think is going is probably i think burt ram kevin and like pocky slash robin are probably gonna go to work that's my prediction i guess um yeah you know, no cappuccino you know like pull up the list of people who are actually going to worlds um hold on i have a list here somewhere mine i have this is gonna be wild my wild prediction is spencer wins it oh Sheesh. which i feel Spen I feel like Spencer somehow flown under the radar just like the tiniest bit because he hasn't been like decimating ladder or anything. But like he's so good, Spencer. Everyone's so good. Oh my god, Every everyone in this tourney is really good. And I'm just like, is Spencer is an actual beast? He was like rank 100 during most of GSS and had the second most individual points after bracket. Like I have Spencer winning it, and I also have Robin and Ramkev qualifying this is not host bias by the way yeah i, just, I mean oh, oh, like, just oh, Ram Kevin, let, let's, appease so the, let's appease the uh this way i, I don't know which way i'm, I'm going i'm gonna have let's i'm gonna have bias on my predictions i'm gonna i'm gonna put myself number one. Oh yeah I'm gonna put myself number one 
uh, because I don't think I wanted to win. Well, actually, I want to win Worlds more, but I've never wanted to win a tournament more. Actually, that's not true. I want to win the previous Worlds, too. But this one, this one's kind of important because I want to, like, unapprove a lot of people wrong. Because I feel like, I don't know, it feels like, for me, all throughout set 5 and, like, a lot of the beginning of set 5.5, it felt like a lot of people just forgot mm -hmm. that I, like, existed. So like sitting there scheming in like your your bat lair, your bat cave, like I mean, I just had a bad time in set five. <laughs> I hated that set so much. Did any of us have a good uh, time in set five? Vane. Vane, okay. Fast fast nine vane two gives me nightmares. I wake up like screaming, thinking yeah. Of, yeah. of rolling on three, two for six forgotten, and then just it watching was... my board blow up. Oh my what god. What vane two? Vane oh, one wins games. Vane hurricane it's like it was bad and like just you know going into streams and being like oh is ramcap still good i like i'm, I'm still good no, I'm, no I'm shit ramcap's still good i i have never wanted to destroy like everybody else <laughs> more than more than i want to now can i change so. my prediction after hearing that can i say ramcap wins um, <laughs> but that's just me i have a lot of motivation going to this one so hopefully it goes well but who knows i can just low roll first day and just be out <laughs> uh other two, I think, uh, yeah, probably, I'll put, I think Robin and Bucky, I think, my other two, but I, you know, there are people that I want to do really well, so, I mean, I want everyone to do really well, so I don't think anybody can obviously make it out, so, you know, rooting for everyone, I'd, I'd love to see, I'd love to see GVA have a run, I'd love to see Kurum have another run, I'd love to see a lot of people yeah. have a run, but, you know, GVA's trading his penguin so I'm not... <laughs> yeah. he's been sweating he was playing off stream today yeah yeah he is yeah, he's, he's definitely sweating today. now he's definitely yeah he's putting in the work now so oh I, the greatest thing would be if the tl boys just all made worlds just gv8 robin kerm yeah that'd be like, the, cool. just, we're, we're sending tl <laughs> yeah. to worlds that would be so funny <laughs> i want to i want to i want to call out gv8 here because during the tournament i told him that iejg lucian is super fucking good and he didn't believe me. You know, he shit on me today in in ladder on ladder with IEJG Lucian. I expect payment. I expect uh, I expect some of his LP in the mail. How, how many penguins now. do you expect? At least six. At least six penguins. Bad. Yeah, six penguins. All right, <laughs> rambling. You're up. Go. Seems like we have pretty similar answers here, and I'm gonna pile onto the bias and pick Ramkev to make it. I think he has the results to back it up. He did go. The heart. I don't know third at Worlds. I think that's decent. Um, <laughs> decent. It seems like anytime you've actually cared about playing well, you play well. So to see you pop up on ladder right now, I think is like a really good sign for going into it. And then hmm. I'd have a hard time not picking Robin as my second. I think not only is he my friend, I'm he my teammate, but he's been. Uh, Really, so really good. consistent throughout this entire set, so, not so just good. set five, five, five. But he's been doing well on ladder. He's been doing well in tourneys. He got second in mid set. We won the duos tourney. So he has all the results to back it up when it comes to this specific set. So yep, I would have. I would be surprised if he doesn't make it. But I mean, only so many people can make it. Uh, as for a third pick, I think it could be just about anybody. I have no clue, honestly. But I'm gonna. I guess I'll just throw in Spencer as somebody I, like you said, is a little bit quieter recently. Course, but yeah. When I pay attention to him, he's always he's always making plays, always popping off. So I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like him not only take top three, but he may even win it. 
and if he doesn't win it, I'd like to see Curran repeat personally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Watching Curran win last regionals was like from the like a like from the fires of of Mordor clawing his way up to win regionals was fucking awesome. <laughs> Such a cool tournament to watch. His chat right after was so funny. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, you can't even follow. You just vaguely see a concept of I'm grooming to worlds over and over and over and over in the midst of like 1,200 gift subs. <laughs> you guys remember the world's teaser as well, where it's like the it's like the My Hero Academia scene. It's oh, like yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, it was one of the world's like promo stuff. Made it or something. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah, Kerman getting the worlds was like he he feels like the protagonist of TFT. Honestly. He he's it's so he's hard so not to root for Kerum. Yeah, he's so he's just so loved by the community. Like there was not a single person who watched Kerum go to worlds that was like upset about it. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was awesome. It'll be it'll be a fun tournament to watch though. I mean any uh honestly, I don't think the meta's gonna be too much different than it is like what we've seen on ladder or like at the let's say the last week of the gss tourney i mean i don't i think i expect Calista aatrox to roll to not be very prevalent after aatrox got the the bat but um yeah i mean kale's still really strong obviously assassins are still really strong um you know heimer 2 is playable heimer 1 kind of ass bell cause is still good <laughs> <laughs> i feel like a lot of people have been complaining about this patch or maybe it's just the circles i'm in people are like oh this patch sucks and i'm just like it's fun you know it feels like there's not a ton that can like go first. It's just like, oh, I have Kale or Auction. It's literally, it's still literally just like, do you have an upgraded legendary? Okay, you have a shot at going first now, or like some, or like a three-star four cost. Like that's what you can go first with. It's no, it's no longer you need an upgraded five cost or a three-star three cost. Like three-star three costs, unless except for Nocturne, like just don't win the game anymore. It's just like Nocturne, some crazy high roll three-star four cost. Or an upgrade to legendary carry like that's what you can go first with but it feels like there's a lot you can top four with right now like just off the top of my head like jack solution like a kale kale one um velkaz not nocturne can still go top four pretty easily vein has actually been like fine she got nerfed in the b patch and she yeah, still feels like line. okay to top like she can top four pretty easily still like it's hard it's hard to hard force vein i feel like I like went that... to update my uh, my tier list the other day of comps, and it's not like super comprehensive every single combination of units you can play. But generally, I like to keep like a like somewhat of a balance between the tiers, so you have like a like an idea of how things compare to one another. But I went and I went to I was looking at my list of comps. I have like eight of them in B tier now, and there's only like twelve comps total. So yeah. they all feel like they're right in the middle. It's, it's just like. Did you hire well enough this game to place well? So I yeah. think there's lots of stuff you can play, and obviously you know there's the Kales of the world, and I think Nocturne's up there too at the top. But I don't think there's much you should feel bad about playing right now. Everything's decently viable. Yeah, super agree. Oh, I have, I know you play a lot of Lucian. So I was wondering what your thoughts on the story. I see a lot of people putting Lucian back middle now. Um, it seems really good. Have you seen that? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely a time and place for it. The main thing is that you get to snipe um, back the carries, if right? People yeah. leave them in the corner, and like, but you, there's just as much counterplay to it. I, I specifically called this out in the tourney, and I middled my Velkaz against Press Event Solution, and yeah. just like he just instantly loses for that yeah. reason. <laughs> is Squid Beam right up the middle? <laughs> yeah, so. I actually saw that during my co-stream, and I called it out. I was like, I sw like, and I know Ramblin sees these angles. 
because like it's just something about like AP carries with a giant laser. It's like Ramblin <laughs> sees the <laughs> angles, and, I'm, and I'm thinking even that, so, like set set four point five. I'm just like, okay, these spots that Ramblin is putting Asol in, I have no clue why the fuck he's putting it there, but it's working. So like clearly he sees something I don't. And I like and I saw that Velkov's positioning into the middle illusion. I was like, yeah, Ramblin knows exactly what he's doing. Like he's he sees the angle. Like that's the counterplay to Lucian. That's the that's the counterplay against anyone who tries to middle their carry against a Velkov, honestly. Like throw your Velkov's in the middle. It hits the carry it. anyway. He's just I think middle illusion yeah. is a good tool to keep in your back pocket, but it's not something you want to leave there the entire time because people can yeah. react to it, so for sure. It's just another option to switch up, but it's not something you usually see. You don't usually get to put your carry in the middle and feel good about it. So that's mm -hmm. a really cool tech. As like, I, I think Lucian is not quite on the level of being busted, but he's just such a flexible unit in every sense mm -hmm. of the word. His items are flexible. His positioning is flexible. His comp is flexible. So he's so stable. I think uh, it's, well. he's a really really fun one to play with. Yeah, I feel like Lucian's like the um, Lucian's probably the best four cost carry right now. I would like, agree. I I don't think that's controversial and. I, part of what makes him strong also is that Galio is probably the best four cost frontline. Well, yep. the best yeah, frontline so that's correct. not best frontline that's not Revenant, and in some cases, like he's even better than Revenant frontline because that unit just does not die. I feel just like with the right items and like six Sentinel, like that that thing will tank forever, and if Lucian can get shots off because of Galio tanking forever, like it just it buys so much time. I feel like one of the things I'll always remember this set, like looking back in the future. Is is like watching in like an IE Last Whisper like whatever Draven, ping away at like a Gargoyle Galio two, a Gargoyle's Galio two for like an entire fight, <laughs> and just do absolutely fucking nothing, <laughs> the entire fight. I've um, I've watched the Galio one v six with a Gargoyle Sunlight Cape. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. that unit is so good, so so good. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna be the the odd one out here because I'm gonna tell you guys how many games I've played with Lucian Carry in my past thirty. There's one. <laughs> the one game I played since Bad IE Titans Lucian. Um, yeah. And outside, how did so feel? this is this is generally just my mindset. I think that when when a comp is good, when a comp is like. This is the same thing that happened in 4.5 when everybody was basically playing Kale leading up into regionals. I will, like, I know that I know how to play that comp. It's like, you know, it's, it is, it, there's, there's many trees to go into it, but like many items, you can, you can go into it whenever you want. But, um, I generally like to go against what people are tr trying to play at any current moment, because I know a lot of the regional players sort of have that kind of priority on Lucian as a unit, right? He's incredibly flexible. You stabilize when you hit him on seven, things like that. But, you know, if five out of eight players are all trying to play Lucian, then I guarantee you three out of those five are probably going bot four, right? Um, so, like, I, I personally think you know, when people tell me right now that there's no in, there's no flexibility in the game, that is like, that is so yeah, so, so 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 yeah. wrong. Like, yeah, yeah. It's so it weird is... to me to have people t like. I know Kale is really good, but mm -hmm. to have people tunnel on her so hard is like the only comp you can play. It just makes no sense to me. I never played. Yeah, even more than just five. I don't either. <laughs> huh? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Like we, actually, is... we have a lot of five cost carries now. It's like it's not just Kale. Like Kale's probably the best five cost carry, but even she's like a little item dependent. Like what do we have? We have K like Kale, Akshan, Timo, Heimer, one two two Storm, and Gwen all feel like viable five cost carries. Like I've seen Gwen do so much work. I think people really sleep on that unit. Like so I think Gwen is great. So many I think carry options. I think Nidalee reroll is actually really strong. I think that nobody on this server knows how to play Nidalee reroll, so I'm not gonna tell people how to play that until after regionals yeah. are done. Heavy <laughs> <laughs> the DMs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, I think you know Cavs reroll is still very viable uh, unless you run into like three Valkos players and you cry. Um, but even then, it's still like you know if you have a deep ball Hecarim, it's not. The worst thing in the world right like i think the thing about reroll comps and why they don't seem as strong to most of the like players right now is because i think they don't understand the concept of like you really have to play those comps for tempo it's not mm -hmm. like uh oh i'll i'll hit the three star that's my win con it's i'll hit the three star before anybody else hits anything else and i'll just yeah. mow them down and they'll all be dead right like that those are not like a lot of the ones besides probably sins right now is those are not comps where you can just be like you know i'll decide to play this i don't have the conditions to play this I'll, but i'll still force it anyways um you really have to understand the ins and outs and when you can play those comps yep. but if you do know that it's playable but the, the i think you know some people might not be happy because they don't get to just brain dead force the units every game because you know they're strong in meta so like you know if i hit riven i'll just play riven you know if i hit yasuo i'll just play yasuo it's more like all right i hit yasuo or riven what are my items what are my units can i play this right now right and a lot of people sort of don't understand those nuances and that's where they sort of fail in those comps right or like same thing with you know hellion reroll right like it's still very playable. It's just that you can't do the same thing you were doing. And this, this is the thing again, like this is the thing with one tricks, right? Like, or like if you're one tricking and you're not learning to play the game at the same time, then that's where it sort of falters, right? Because then you can't really understand, you know, what you need to adjust, what you need to change in order to improve on that, right? So like when the comp inevitably gets changed, you know, if it's strong enough for you to you know, just play that comp and do well, right? It's inevitably going to get nerfed, right? There's, you'll, you'll be able to play it for two weeks, it'll be gone. But the question is, do you understand, you know, what made the comp strong in the first place? And you understand how to adjust your play style enough to the point where you can still get away with, you know, potentially playing it with two success, maybe not every game, but like, you know, be able to play other things, etc. Right? Like, I think that's a very important thing about the meta right now. I think it's in a very good spot, and I, you know, I might just be biased, but like, I, I prefer totally like agree. when when I'm happy is normally when the game is at its most flexible. It I feels think. like it's a very play what you high roll mm -hmm. meta, which is I think the best TFT meta. It, you know, it really rewards understanding like your best like win conditions, your best top four conditions at any given point, like what you can and cannot do from a spot. I noticed this also, also I also noticed this about the reroll comps like um like and when I when I was like first week one tricking calves like I was full open every single game like roll down on 32 for Hecarim and like 
I don't I haven't played a single Cavs game from Open Fort this this patch. Like mm-hmm. if I'm playing if I'm playing Cavs, it's just because I saw the angle early. Like I hit I had an MF or two from a box. I have some Hecarims. I have tank items. I know I can play Cavs this game. And at that point, like I have the conditions to play Cavs. I'm going to hard force Cavs at this spot, but it's not from an open fort. And it's usually like from ahead. And same thing with Nocturne. Like maybe I'm some people will still like hard open for Nocturne, but I really don't like hard opening for Nocturne anymore. Like I think like playing him Playing from ahead is good. Play, playing him from, like, semi-behind is fine. Like, mm-hmm. if you're around 40 HP on 4-1, if you've had st- hit Stimmy by then, like, sure. But playing Nocturne from 20 HP on 4-1 yeah. feels <laughs> yeah. so bad. Because unless you, like, you you have to high roll a ton of conditions to have a guaranteed first from one life on Nocturne. Mm-hmm. Like, you, ha- you have to hit, like, three Nocturne items... You have to have the radiant, maybe, right? A a a radiant nocturne item or like a radiant frozen heart. Um, You have to have like anywhere between four to six perfect items or like six absurdly good items and the Sin Spat and the Viego and the Volibear to make it back. And like if you're hard forcing and you're spending so much gold to roll for Nocturne 3, you're Mm -hmm. not going to hit all of that. So like playing it for. Playing it from, like, I want to hit on, like, 30 HP, hit on anywhere from 2 to 3 lives, feels so much more comfortable. Yeah, I think if you're playing it from, like, an open for angle, it's basically like you're playing for a weighted coin flip, where the weight is probably not in your favor, right? Like, yeah. you'll either go 8th or you'll go 1st, and you're probably going to go 8th uh a lot of the times right <laughs> yeah or you know you'll go third and not even first right it's like no exactly and e- even once you hit all this crazy bullshit you run like... into bramble vescalio and you <laughs> run into bramble vescalio with a kale that's all like and like at that point in top two like they can position for you say so they can like full clump even though it doesn't always work but like they can full clump and sometimes the full clump will work out that like you can't do anything even with an omega cap sins board so and I've and if I'm playing Sins now, like I'll play it from like soft open. Like I'll go for loose streak, but I'm not doing the like make ten at two one, make t- make twenty at two three. Like it'll be it'll be from a loose streak angle, but just not full open. Like full opening does not feel good right now, which some players will be happy about because there are some players that despise full opening. It's like oh, you're just not playing stage two. Like you're not playing a quarter of the game. Like where's the skill in that? Like, and I have mixed opinions about full open that I can totally get into another week. Uh, find out on the next episode, Dragon Ball Z. Um, <laughs> but like, full op- full opening just doesn't feel good right now, which maybe is good for the game. I don't know. I think that's saying something that like I agree. I agree personally. That's saying something about the state of the game when we even have the blessing the stimmy as a bonus for open forwarding and it's still not the vi- like the most viable mm-hmm. strategy yeah. that's oh exactly a good thing like i when when i was watching gss and i saw soju every game going for like he was basically full open and he's hitting fast stimmy every game he's hitting stimmy like 3 3 or 3 5 and i'm just there like he he's going eighth like there's no way he's not going eighth and he gets sixth i'm like oh that's a high roll like <laughs> It says something about, like, where open forwarding is right now, and that's such a change from, like, the start of the set where, like, Cavs re-roll and, like, the, oh, my God, the, like, Renewer Sentinels, like, Aurelia Raka or Khan re-roll when, like, those comps were way more prominent and, like, you would have 
three open orders every or rats. single day. Yeah, well, I think and then another one yeah. yeah. rats in there. Like, there's been so many comps that like you open fort into every single time, and like a lot of those comps are still playable. Like Hellions are still playable. I mean, I haven't seen Aurelia rock over Con in a while. <laughs> um, like Cavs are still playable, but not from open fort. You don't you know open fort into those comps anymore. You know what it is? It feels like when Open Fort is really good, it's like... So, I, how I feel like Open Fort right now is that it's like another opener, right? It's like, if you... Like, sometimes you have nothing to play. Like, I agree, it's super bad right now. Uh, not super bad, but it's just not something you can do every game, right? Or, like, most games. But, you know, you also don't get, like, an eco start most games, right? Some games, like, opening, Open Forting is the right answer. So, some games. Like, very few, but some games, right? And so, it's another opener, uh, is what it is. And so, when, it, like... The thing about open forting when like open forting is good is that it's like being able to force the same opener every single game and like if that opener is like if open fort is a strong opener and you can just force that opener every game it's like it, it like a lot of tft like like i don't know i feel like, like a lot of stage two is kind of variance dependent right you know like what units do you hit what can you play like there obviously is a lot of strongest board in stage two but like more or less, like, if you're, like, the high challenger or whatever, you're, you're, you're going to know what's the strongest board, more or less. So a lot of it is if you hit the units or not. Um, that's not to say that you need to open fort, though, if you don't have the units, right? There's a lot of ways to save HP, to, like, spend a little bit of money to save some HP, and, like, it's very worth, worth it in the long run. But this is just open forting. Uh, and those openers are still very diverse from each other and from, like, you know, whatever other opener you get. Uh, but open forting, when it's good, is literally just the way, a way to play the same exact opener every single game. Like, you're, you can play the same exact stage 2 every single game. So if that's healthy, if that's not healthy, if that's good in a meta, it means that there's something so broken that, like, you you can... I don't know. It's, like... Yeah. Open Forty no, should I never be about, yeah. something viable because... Like, it should be something that's viable in very specific situations, right? It's like another opener. It's like getting a Nico or getting, like, a 5 gold. But, you know, it, it's not, like, something you should be able to do every game to consistent results because if you can make your stage 2, which is normally, like, pretty variance-filled and requires a lot of, like understanding strongest board a lot of understanding how to kill units like positioning wise and whatnot um like what stuff to slam if you can just make that stage two so consistent that you can just literally play the same opener every single game and then let's say roll down hit whatever like relatively consistently right like let's say you roll down open when open fort rats were good you just roll down hit on three two you hit them relatively consistently you're stable right if you can play your stage two like that every game there's something just inherently wrong with the game right that that in that meta um like, you should not be able to make stage 2 that low variance, I feel like. Yeah, it means there's some kind of big imbalance, in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Go ahead, Jiraji. Yeah. Um, open forwarding, I'll say one item opener, where you get, like, um, you just get a million gold. Open fort actually feels really good from that. Yep. Because, like, you're not... You can carry that open fort two, three, five and have a ton of gold roll for like a really good level seven board and just destroy the rest of the lobby but that's it requires a very certain get, opener you do not get one item opener every single <laughs> yeah game. yeah like, right like, i swear to god i see it probably once every 50 games like mm -hmm. somewhere in that ballpark i very rarely see it but like if i know there's a good reroll comp like right now nocturne if i see one night one item opener and i have like bow or glove start it's a nocturne game and i know i can roll on three five and I ha I've had a game like this, like, I want to say two days ago, where one item opener had a Nocturne in there, so I wasn't even hitting literally, every, like, the max eco every single round. I had 50 gold on 3-5. And, and level, level 7, 50 gold. And I could just roll down, roll down there and then have to carry that 2-4-1. But 
but you're not getting that opener every single game. And even from two item opener, it's not always correct, even full open. Like, and yeah. like you said, like there's so even like tech quote unquote full open, some people will do like the literal full open. There's nothing on their board. They're literally not going to play the game stage two, but there's still like units you can play and still make those eco thresholds. And that's where some of the like the skill expression comes in of even open forwarding, knowing what units you can play that will kill something to save 2 HP because just saving 2 HP at the cost of literally no gold can be five placements sometimes. So it's... And that and that's also something I'll be doing with Sins a lot, even playing from Blue Streak. Like, I, like I'll be aiming for five loss, but I'm going to set myself one eco threshold behind. Just so I can like kill units and not and instead of being fifty six HP at Krugs, I'll be maybe like sixty six, and that's a lot more comfortable to play from. But it's there's oh there's so there's so much about open forwarding that like feels simult like it's good it is good as an option to have like if your opener is just completely not it you have a ton of gold open for it that's fine as an option but yeah it shouldn't be it shouldn't be something you force every game and this is coming from someone who at times will open for it and hard force literally every game yeah mm -hmm. all right cool cool so do we want to move on then to i guess we have mailbag next right yeah i think we want to talk about chinese cft as well we might need to wait till next week to talk about yeah the, uh, we'll the wait until CFT. we'll wait until that I'm sure much we'll, we'll to have a lot to talk about Chinese TFP. Uh, so I guess we can just get right into the mailbag then. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so I guess the this is an interesting question. Uh, so we can, I guess we can all answer this one. What are the qualities of Ling, Ling was taken TFT asks, so what are the qualities of a skilled player in quotations and how do you qualify someone as great at the game or not? We need to throw it to Remlin first if he's cool with it. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to gauge a player's strength at, from anything except the results, honestly. And I, like you, like as a individual assessment of a player, like I, I have my own personal assessment of all of you as individual players because I've seen you play. But in terms of how good you are at the game, I mean, it's gonna really just gonna come down to results um, because everybody's good in different ways. So. When people come in, a really common question I get in my chat is, what's the difference between this tier of player and this tier of player? What's the difference between a master and a challenger? Like, probably a million different things. You could, as a master player, you could be better at something than I am at that thing, but I might be so much better in every other aspect that it just outweighs the the, the, the cumulative total is, is much higher. So, I, I, don't, I don't really look at uh, anything in particular as a way to assess a player's strength other than the end result. Yeah, there are like that, too many gauges to narrow it down. It's it is one of the fascinating things about TFT. Like, there's so many things we have to do, and so little time to do it that like all of us are better at something than 99% of the of the player base, including like 99% of top challenger. But like, how skilled someone is? It it's it's all it's results. It's a mix of like results, and in some cases, it's like. I know someone's really good because they do something that's so core to the game better than everyone else. Like, all of us, I can imagine everyone in this call and the chat thinks Mismatch Socks is really, really good. Like, one of the best in the server. And A, he has tournament results. B, it's because we know Socks is maybe the best in the server at identifying the strongest board. And that's like, 
something he does better than the entire server. So when you have something like that, that's some we know, like we watch someone play and we're like, this person is better at this than basically the entire server. Like that's one way we know someone is good, but that's still not like the end all be all. Like, and and for like me, it's like a lot of people see me play and they're just like, Jesus Christ, Jirachi has like the fastest hands in the server. I swear <laughs> to God. And I still know, like, even with the fastest hands, and I would argue, I would argue against that. Like, I've watched Spencer play, and I swear his hands are faster than mine. But like, even knowing, like, okay, I'm, I'm better than like even most of Challenger at just like, with like stuff with my hands. I'm not that skilled because that's like not a a giant core part of the game, and also I don't have tournament results to back up like me being super skilled but like across challenger you just it it's not even it really isn't like a set thing we just watch someone and we're just like this person's good mm-hmm. there's it's so hard to quantify how good someone is yeah yeah i mean like if you've never seen somebody you know the only thing you can really look at is the results right i think if you really yeah. want to like be able to say oh this person is a good player and you don't know any of the results like Ideally, you want to just watch their games, just put yourself in their shoes, right? And be like, what would I do here, right? Would I do something different? Are they doing the same thing? One, if they're doing the same thing, you know, maybe, you know, their decision-making process is good. If you personally believe that your decision-making process is good. Or, you know, if they're doing something different, why are they doing something different, right? Because if they're doing something different just because it's autopilot or because it's bad, you know, you know, that's one, that's one thing point against them but if they're doing something different because it's something you didn't think about before you know like that's something you have to consider right and you know it's 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 really difficult right because if they're not completely explaining their thought process then you're gonna be like oh yeah they did this because of this right or they did they made this decision because they were thinking this but like honestly without the results and if you're just watching somebody that's probably like that's the way to go right is to sort of try to understand their thought process and think what are they doing and why are they doing it right because that's that's yeah sort of like a good way to go at the end of the day like everything in tft kind of culminates into the decision making process like decisions that you do make right so i think like for example people who go into streams and and are like you know do this or whatever and then like the streamer does something different for example um like a lot of the skill in tft really culminates into that whatever into decisions obviously as it's a game you're thinking a lot of decisions and that's where a lot of skill expression is um so again i think it's that's kind of a tangent but one of the best ways to get better is to go into a stream and just see every decision someone makes like if you know what they're a good player right you go into any of our streams you you see what decisions we make and you say to yourself you just ask yourself would i make that decision and yes or no and then just understand like why they like, try like one of the best ways to get better is just to under try to understand why someone is making a decision because that's how you get to uh if you understand why someone's making a decision then you know you're learning more about the game you're learning more about um the thought process everything that goes into that decision which you know that's where again that's where a lot of skill comes from so by understanding why someone makes a decision you'll understand a lot more about how good they are for one uh how much they spend in the game but also like maybe you have a lot to learn you know I guess the final thing I'll add is that if you ask me to rank, you know, to the top 10, 20, 30 players, I could do it. I, I could give you a list, but I would not feel good about it at all. I would <laughs> I, I can't compare these two players and say that one is definitely yeah. better than the other. So, as to, like, you can kind of gauge a player's general strength, but it, it's impossible to mark them down at any exact skill level. 
for mm-hmm. sure for sure for sure i mean people just value different things as well and you know in different set in different situations valuing different things can it's a game of variance right so valuing something in one situation might be rewarding where overall like the ev of it wasn't maybe perfect i mean it was maybe it wasn't the right like the ev wasn't in their favor right? but they hit it and they took a risk you knowing so like at what point is like the risk reward there factor into how good they are and like understanding that and there's like so much to it's, it's, it's a game about situations and decisions in situations right and so since we'll never see the same situation twice really um every game is just infinitely different situations then we'll never really be able to you know see whether someone was like really get an idea of how good someone is compared to someone else in that situation because who knows what would happen right what if you have the d key one more time if you have the f key one more time <laughs> yeah i feel i feel like the the meta like constantly changing also kind of feeds into it's so hard to rank play like if i want to rank a play players on a particular day like it's hard i could like like ramblin said like i wouldn't feel good about it but i probably could but here's the thing like the game changes so much even every day like people just figure new things out like the game evolves and then when the patch drops everything just gets totally wiped out and we have to learn a lot of new stuff and like we said before like people have different strengths and different strengths will matter more in certain like on certain days than others just with how the meta evolves so like even my my ranking like one day like if i were to rank the top 20 players in the server today it would probably be different tomorrow how how different would it be i don't know but like it could get pretty different depending on how like the meta changes and then like next um next week once a patch drops it's gonna massively change just because like different stuff is going to matter more and that's and that kind of shows in like the cycle of who's rank one who's like what rank on the leaderboard at any different time like different we're we're all so good at different things that what like how good we are compared to each other is so variable Uh, if you want to get into, I guess the next question, this is from Beppo, actually, uh, who has been climbing the ladder like a madman lately. Uh, and so Beppo asks, how bad an idea is it to just wing a comp would be better for me to just follow guides? Um, I, I guess I'll start here. I, I don't think there's such a thing as really just like winging a client. So a guide, at least like guides, if you're talking about guides like on, on like, let's say Mobilytics or like, uh, Walsh just has guides or something too, probably, right? Um, you know, that says like, uh you know at stage two play these you like plays units pivot into this whatever get into this end game board i think at least uh, the definitely level you're at beppo like stuff like, like following a guy like that exactly is not going to get you anywhere like i, I think i had time with this earlier but um and there's no such thing as really just winging comp either i don't think like at the end of the day i think top level tft comes down to understanding the strengths of units and the strengths of units together and the strengths of your units against other people's units right and that does not always take the form of, like, you know, sometimes you might play a comp that's literally just a cookie cutter, like, the Mobilytics comp, sure. Um, but if you're saying, like, like okay, I'm playing, let's say I'm playing Jax a game, right? If I'm, if all of a sudden, like, the whole lobby, I'm carrying Jax too, and, you know, everyone that's playing AD dies. And then there's all AP left. I'm not staying in Ironclads, right? And then, like, I, you pivot into Mystics, for example. Uh, and then all of a sudden... You know, I'm not, I'm like winging a comp. It's not really the same. It's not really winging a comp, right? I'm just, I'm playing strong units, just maybe different units than like a mobile latest guide, for example. Again, I'm just keep using mobile latest. That's the only one I know make, knows makes guides. But um, <laughs> uh, like, I don't think there's such a thing as winging a comp at like top level TFT. It really just comes down to 
you're playing units that are you're playing the best units you can find that do that work well together and work well against other boards and it comes down to that at the end of the day like yeah certain comps will just be really strong no matter what because there's the synergies are strong and stuff but it's those little like micro uh decision like, like the decisions like taking out a unit because it just does nothing in a matchup or like like putting in like a a, a naked vol bear because you know that you, it'll ult and then like you win a whole fight because of it like stuff like that is yeah so it's more about unit strength than like following a comp mm -hmm. yeah so, my oh yeah go ahead, guides i i feel like gu guides tend to be a good first step i'll say that and this like coming from i'll still like if i see like a reddit guide on something or like if I if I hit something in a game where like I've never played this before, I know there's a Reddit guide on it. So and I see the angle in my game, I'll like take a peek, just like get just like a little bit. Okay, like this this is like the basis, but like from there, it's like the the reading a Reddit guide will never teach you literally everything about the comp. That's going to you just play the comp, you figure out stuff on your own, and like. I mean, like, even Beppo, like, knows this because of calves. Like, figuring, like, just figuring out what works with calves. Like, we we didn't read a Reddit guide on that. We just, we were playing it on our own, and we, like, had our own knowledge base to go off of with how to, with how to play these comps. And just a lot, a lot of, like, testing stuff out on your own. You don't ha necessarily have to, like, 100% wing it. Just, like, no, like, looking at a guide and being like, okay these units work well together i know that now like um get getting like that as your start i feel like feels like even all even all the way up until into like challenger sometimes if it's like another challenger player writing a guide like i'll take a peek at it this is a good this is a good player i know who knows what they're doing and if they're writing a guide on this comp except for casper writing a guide about chug jug and baiting the entire <laughs> server um except for that i generally like I can generally trust that they know what they're talking about and they're like speaking to how to win with a comp. Except for Chug Jug, don't play Chug Jug. Um but so it's it's good to like get your first step there, but like doing doing stuff on your own just all it always feels better like building up build building building the rest of the way up off of just this foundation that you get from a guide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just like I think with my philosophy on guys, it's, I think it's important to go in with the understanding that, uh, like, if you emulate, right, if you try to just copy and paste, or if you try to, like, just do what you're seeing, right, you're never going to really get better results than that, right? Like, you know, it's important to realize that, you know, guys are going to tell you maybe why something is good you really have to dig into them to really, really see, like, if they're written by a good player, then they'll probably give you sort of, like, the the general theory behind it, right? The reason why something is good. And that's something that you have to pick up, pick up on and, like, carry and, like, build off of that, right? Because, like, you know, it, it, it comes down to not just guys, but, like, watching streams, right? If you're trying to emulate, right, you're never, ever, ever going to be better than the thing that you're emulating, right? So... It's important to like internalize the information, process it, and then, you know, apply it and sort of, you know, your own kind of spin, your own kind of, not maybe not spin, but like apply your own kind of understanding to it, right? Like really internalize why something is good and why like it works, because if if you don't, it's sort of like you know, you can you can copy test answers. 
you know, and it'll be fine. You'll get a hundred on the test, but like you really wouldn't have, like I wouldn't say you're smart for doing that, right? Like I wouldn't <laughs> say, oh, you 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 actually copy. You got a hundred percent on this test because you just copied the other guy that got a hundred percent. You know, great, great on you. You're just that you're like, you you're doing just as well as that other guy, right? It's like it's it's very different, right? Uh, so it's sort of like. You really have to use it to build your own knowledge base and not just say, this is my knowledge base, right? Because that is like where you're going to be stuck, right? And where you won't improve. I, th I think guides very quickly devolve into general good advice on how to play TFT because that's how TFT works. You can't just, from, from for most comps, there are definitely exceptions and that's usually reroll comps. But from the very beginning of the game, you can't just sit down and say, oh, I'm going to make this decision at this stage and it's going to take me here and then I'm going to do this and this and this. And it's just, it doesn't chain together that cleanly so you really I, I don't think there's a lot to learn from following a guide as much as just knowing what you're aiming for and you probably want to work on your general fundamentals more than anything specific to the comp and there are definitely yeah. times where it knows to know like how do i beat this comp or how do i position against this what are my weaknesses what kind of items do i need to go for that kind of thing is great but it's not going to teach you how to play the game any more than it's going to teach you how to play the comp yep i think i feel like the higher I feel like, like, so for example, if I was writing a guide, right? I wouldn't write a guide on, on like, like I wouldn't write a guide on uh, three ironclad jacks, right? I would write, a, I would, like, I would label the guide like jacks carry, and it'd be like, like instead of going like saying do this, do this, this would be like probably more of going over like like fundamentals in terms of like what do you value in certain situations, in, in terms of like what do I need to item like itemize against other people's boards if they have this or this or like. Um, like what do I value on my board if on people's boards in terms of like units and then like different like different like units to play around jacks in certain situations. It's about like understanding situations, right? That's what a guide I feel like a guide should be rather than just like play these eight units and you're you're good. It should be like play like value these things in these situations and you'll probably do well with a guide. And then it really comes down to not just again, not even even that, like don't just like blindly follow like the opinions of the person writing the guide, like take it all into heart, take it all to heart, like understand all that, and then make it like build on your game, like build on on your understanding of the game, and then you'll do well with guides. Or like you'll, you know, understanding guides is a lot of like, or like using guides effectively is a lot of just understanding that like, you know, like Ramp have said, you know, you're not gonna be better than the thing you emulate. It's, it's a lot about internalizing it and just making it part of your own game and then going from there. From and from someone who like has written a Reddit guide, like, and the one Reddit guide I wrote was like so specific. It was here's how I position Coven LeBlanc assassins, like stage four onward, like super specific one aspect of the comp, and that was like just me going through that was like the same length as some like full comp guides I've seen on Reddit, and even and it's. It's like Appy says, like, I'm breaking down, like, a bunch of situations. Here's how I position against, like, these specific things. I'm pulling up examples. And at the end, I'm like, yeah, but, like, don't follow this exactly. Like, if you find, like, what you think, if you find something that ends up working better in a super specific situation, do that. Don't just blindly follow my guide. This is, like, this is what I do, and this is a good base. And it's still not correct all the time. So it's, and from having, and this is from me, it was like, wrote a guide and just made that explicit. Yep. There's so many branches in TFT that you'll never be able to cover them in anything kind of educational. And like, you, you can cover the baseline. I think that's what guides are good for is a baseline. But yep. ultimately, you still have to play the game. It's all about yeah. fundamentals. Um, oh, no, I have to play TFT. What a shame.
Unlucky. <laughs> it's Unlucky. like a... <laughs> I think, I think, um, an example of that is like, so when I coach someone, right, I, I, I don't like, like the, you know, like people will handle someone through a game and will be like, like, do this, do this, do this exactly. I feel like coaching, like, that's how I do it. It is, it's more of, um, this isn't a plug, by the way. I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> but hey, like, if you want like, if you want coach, quality and, coaching and, check out uh <laughs> on podcast. you can play whatever you want and it goes like like hand in hand with the guides right and that like um it, it is about like like yeah you can you can tell someone exactly how to play how you would play a game exactly right and it gives them one permutation of, of that like whatever happened uh but you know understand like, like getting to the core people's fundamentals is, is more of what a guide should be about as well as like something like coaching oh Mm-hmm. Anyways, I guess yeah, we have probably time for like one last quick question. Um, oh, we could do the last one, which would be really quick. Yeah, it'd be entertaining as well. <laughs> uh, so Gnome Attic One says, "Anything you miss about shadow items?" I can go first on this. The only thing I've missed about shadow items was pre-rework shadow trap claw which allowed you to teleport to other units. That was fun. I hate every single other shadow <laughs> item. That was the only cool one. If you teleport your rise onto the back line, it's lit. Garbage item system. Somebody else go. I, uh, I After having played Radiant items, I don't miss shadow items at all. Like, it was... It was cool in concept of, like, okay, like, here... Like, here's this item... Here's a drawback, but here's some, like, really cool thing that it does. But, like, the weird access to it of, like, like if people can get, like, different amounts and some just end up being strictly better. Like, it just felt weird. And, like, and maybe it's, it's also because we're spoiled by Radiant items. Like, I think Radiant items just feel so good. Like, any, just the fact that any item, any unit that uses an item well can also use the radiant version well plus like there's there's no drawbacks plus everyone gets one it's not like with shadow items you can see like oh someone has like five shadow items out of six mm-hmm. and someone else has one open fort forgotten five, players and five one open fort forgotten players exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like the <laughs> unfair access to shadow items just felt so bad and now that we have radiant items where it's the same every like the it's there's still like the little bit of rng of like you're only offered five you can't control which radiant item you get and some sometimes you'll just get absolutely fucked by your radiant armory like there's nothing good but like there's there's enough like there five feels like a really good number for like there's probably something that's going to be at least usable in radiant Mm -hmm. armory so like radiant armory radiant items never actively feel bad unless you misclick on Radiant sh- yeah. radiant Static Shiv, and you're stuck with Radiant Static Shiv. But other than that, it, Radiant <laughs> items just feel good. So, like, Shadow items having, like, all these weird caveats and sometimes feeling like garbage, like, it's, you just don't miss them. And also, also, things I don't miss about Shadow items is when I'm going for a specific spat item, and I'm like, oh, I need a Redeem spat, I need a very specifically a regular cloak, and then Carousel comes up, and there's two cloaks, and they're both shadow cloaks. I'm like, welp, I just am not getting redeemed spat. So, like, stuff like, there's enough that just felt bad about shadow items that I'm just like, I don't miss them. Just radiant items. Yeah, I'll keep my thoughts short and sweet. All my homies hate shadow items. Fuck shadow items. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that's it. That's okay. all I got. <laughs> I don't miss them, but if, if there's anything I liked about them that we don't have right now, is uh, it, it does suck that you have to have the correct spot to build a you know the, the spat item you're looking for. But I did like having access mm -hmm. to more spat items in general to build. Mm -hmm. Uh, like that's yeah. something that they've kind of improved on now by adding all of the emblems and stuff. But I, that was something they, they they talked about for a long time about they didn't want to have to balance everything around every trait and look at us now. It feels completely natural. So yep. yeah. if if that helps push us into this direction, I definitely appreciate that. And I have to imagine that shadow items were also a factor in adding armory. So I will thank them from that. Yeah, true. Yeah, armory is really armory feels so good. Holy God, imagine shit. they give you an armory. Holy shit. <laughs> Please don't we, we had to play TFT without armories for like four sets now. Oh man! Isn't that crazy? I feel so spoiled now. Holy! Like a spoiled brat. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, now. Let me get an armory that's not very good. I'm gonna be like, it's okay. I appreciate you. Okay, I have a question for you guys. Uh, I, I think we're wrapping up soon, but um, this is not something I feel strongly about. But I wanted to know. Uh, how would you guys would feel about having a four-item armory at the start of the game instead of a carousel? So you would have a little more control over your choice. You wouldn't be like it wouldn't be like an APM check, but you still would be limited in that you can't get the same item every single game. I've never thought about it, but I like the idea of it a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. It's 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 not, it's fun. I think I like I like the idea that you can sort of. But yeah, I think the one issue with carousel, right? Let's say you're like. You know, two hundred ping. You can't move your little yeah. your little legend, <laughs> and you know you're standing there, and I, oh, I missed the item that I wanted. It's 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 over. But yeah, I think having some form of control that's not just oh, I can click, I can click faster, yeah. and I know where where they'll position well, the little legend better. Yeah. It's definitely. I think I think it's a good it's a good start for sure. The thing about carousel, right, is that I'm sorry, I'll go very quickly. Um, is that um, like it, like the first carousel feels really weird, and that like. It, like carousel is meant to punish you later on right for if like not punish you but like it's supposed to reward like give people that are lower on hp a little as a reason to be low hp i guess where the first carousel doesn't really affect that at all like doesn't go into that at all so like making the first carousel an armory would be kind of cool i think but, sorry Drachi. yeah no my first impression is i kind of like that because honestly opening carousel doesn't even feel like an apm check it just feels like a did you did you get lucky to hit enter a carousel on the right frame and at the specific yeah. angle and it's like it doesn't even feel like an apm thing it just feel it feels like an rng thing anyway so like honestly mm -hmm. are are having an opening armory doesn't wouldn't even feel that bad i don't know that's mm. yeah that's this is sort of quick I tangent know. though so if you if everyone remembers the defensive carousel start Oh, I think this is the, this is a great talk about I how those. It, it's I crazy. <laughs> it's crazy how like how how TFT has changed, right? Because they've done such a good job with, you know, balancing the defensive items now that you know if we think back, you know, I I personally would have, I I didn't have any issues with defensive car item carousel to begin with, but I think a lot of players right now, right, would be very happy if they brought that back. It wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be, you know, sort of hated at all as like how it used to be, right? Yeah, they did a really good job balancing. Uh, yeah, we. Mm -hmm. the, I feel like this set, set five. I mean, obviously, like unit wise, have a lot of balancing issues, but just like game mechanics wise, I feel like they've done a great job balancing stuff. Yeah, that was a great question, Ramble. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. There are no reverse cards. Here's a question for yeah. those. <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, I think that is gonna about wrap it up. So, 
again, Ramble, thank you so much for coming on and being our first guest. That uh, means the world. You were a great guest. Um, again, I even asked that question at the end too. That was an awesome question. So <laughs> you've been I mean, amazing. It's, a, it's, it's an honor, truly. I mean, I've I've been, always been looking forward to the idea. I think you mentioned this a while ago. Uh, like just making a podcast because that's something the TFT community isn't really, you know, thrive. Like I think content in general is something the TFT community isn't exploring enough right now. So to see three players that I respect and I enjoy your streams to take that step towards making a podcast i think it's a really good sign for the future so hopefully it goes well for you guys thank you i again we couldn't have asked for a better first guest as well you were all of our first picks so <laughs> very honored to have you on so i guess uh i guess unless anyone else say that'll do it for us uh and we will see you guys next friday i'm not too sure it potentially might not be at five we'll we'll keep you updated um but yeah we'll see we'll see mm-hmm. i'll keep you updated with everything don't worry but, uh, anyway, I mean, if no one else has anything to say, I guess that's it. That's yep. all next week. That's all I got. <laughs> Keep a wave. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for watching, and we'll see you guys later. Peace. Peace.